hope that over the last, I got it right, I hope over the last um, week, 10 days, you've had a chance to reflect, rest, renew. I have, and it's been good, it was positive. Uh, the scriptures talk about the need for getting away from your routine and being involved in um, kind of renewing your soul, and it's a good thing. But there's also something really good about coming back to routine. I, I didn't know how much I rely on routine to remember certain things. I've been out of, of routine so long. This morning when I left the house, I left my phone, my glasses, and my watch. And my wife had to bring me uh, many of those items. I got to church, and there's an opening routine. And I did all of that, except for turning on the heat. Yeah. Yeah. So if you came in this morning, you're like, why is it so cold or why is it so hot now? Because it's oh, everything's overcompensating. Welcome to the show. That was all me. Right? Um, that, that's what happens. Part of the routine that I like getting back to, and I imagine some of you do as well, is you get to go back to work. You get to go back and do that thing. And, and over the next four weeks, I'm going to be talking about work the value of work. And for some of you, the thought of that is, oh my. But listen, I'm talking about it broadly. When I, when I talk about the work, I'm talking about the things that you do in this world that add value to the world. So when, I, when I'm thinking work, this, the stuff that we're gonna talk about, for you, it could be schoolwork. That's, that's your job right now. You're going, you're working hard at that, and there's a reason that you have to do that in order to get somewhere in life. So that's, that's your work. You might be retired right now, but you're still doing work. I mean, you have chores to do. There, maybe you're watching a grandkid, or you're taking and helping family with stuff at times, or you're going and volunteering. That's work. That's the kind of work we're talking about. I'm talking about the kind of work that nobody ever gives you a paycheck for. That, um, I'm thinking of a parent who chooses to stay home. When we, were, when we were growing up, I don't know why this was the case, but there was a lot of tension between somebody who didn't um, stay at home and somebody who did. And it was almost like, I'm making the best choice. And I would hear people say, I can't imagine not bringing income into my family. And they'd be saying that to somebody who wasn't doing that. And there was so much tension. They're just making different choices. But can we at least admit that that person who's staying home, they're working. They're working hard, probably at a really thankless job. And there's all kinds of ways that you find to do work. I'm also including what you do for pay. So there are things that you do for pay that is you go and you work hard at it. Now all of that, all of that stuff I wanna talk about because I'm convinced that that work has meaning and purpose for your life that God has built into the very idea of work. Now, um, most of us, when we hear that, we're like, I'm not so sure. This is what I would call a high view of work. This is something that God created as a gift for you. And uh, many of us don't think that way because our, our culture has the opposite view. But just simply, just to ease of language, a low view of work. They look at work and talk about work as if it's a necessary evil in your life. It's a burden you kind of have to put up with and struggle through. And the ultimate, 
the ultimate in our culture is to escape work by retiring. Now, now listen, I'm looking forward to retiring someday. I think it sounds good. I'll find a different kind of work to do during that time. And, and that's all great. The problem isn't in the retirement. The problem is in the view that we've had that work is this thing that you should try to escape because it's a burden, it's a terrible thing for your life, and if you could just not ever do it again by retiring, you'd be better off. I, I don't think we're gonna find the scriptures backing that view up, but here's what I do believe. I've heard this talked about from so many people, including followers of Jesus, that I've become convinced that the culture is winning the message on this, that we're accepting a low view of work. And the culture is pretty good at getting their message out, and it's getting out in a lot of ways. In fact, I think there's one big way that it's kind of permeated us, and this morning we're gonna do a quiz to see just how well it's done. So at your table, there's a piece of paper, there's a pen. Um, at your row, you'll find a, pay, a piece of paper and a pen. You're gonna work on this with your group. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna play a little clip of a song. All right, and you have, there's two parts of this. You have to fill in the lyrics of that next line, and then you have to tell me who the artist was. Okay, let's see if we can give this a try. Clip number one. Oh, you're already singing along. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping Don't say it out loud, write it down. You just gave every table the answer. Who was it and then what's the next line? I didn't give you the easiest line in this song. So you really kind of have to know this one. All right, who's the artist? What's the next line? Okay, that's good, I'm glad this is a challenge. Second one, this is gonna be. It's been a hard And what? And who was it? <laughs> All right, here we go, song three. I know you're always on oh, terrible song, horrible song. But I can't stand these nights alone. And I don't need no explanation. Cause baby, you're love us What happens next? Yeah. Wow, I see some people writing this down, that's good. There's some people who know this one. Parents, rely on your kids, this is an opportunity. And then song number four, here we go. Take this job and shove it. Oh, what? Supposed to say that. 
the whole line. It's not just three words. What comes after that? You don't say it out loud. Okay, what was the first one? Who was it? Dolly Parton, everybody got that. Did you get the lyrics? The folks like me on the job from nine to five. How many had that? The folks like me on the job. Oh my word, there was somebody over here who nailed it. Oh, you too? Oh my word. Okay, all right. What about the second one? Who was it? The Beatles and working like a dog. Wow, that's a high view of work. Okay, how many of you got working like a dog? Yeah, that one should have been pretty easy. Number three, this is gonna be tough. Oh, we got one down here. You don't have to work, 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 work. There's seven of them. If you don't have seven works on your piece of paper, it does not count. Right? By the way, this, this one is the most humorous of all of them. I have a picture of the group that sang this. Look at the tool belts. They haven't seen a tool in their whole lives. And they're telling people they don't have to go to work. Okay, fine, whatever. Okay, four. Take this job in. Because why? I ain't working here no more. Yeah. How many of you got all of those right? Oh my word, a stumper. I win. Well, there might not be a need then to do the tiebreaker. But we're going to do it anyway. Here's the tiebreaker. I want you to listen to this song that I think might be the epitome of all of this that you're gonna be able to sing along with and all you have to do is guess who wrote the song. Band.
You all knew that song. Who sang it? Look at that. Said with enthusiasm even, right? Listen, except for maybe one of those songs that I threw in there because it was a new one, and at least maybe your kids knew it, I bet you you knew most of the lyrics of those songs, or at least the, the tone of those songs, right? And almost all of them, have a low view of work. It's a drudgery going nine to five. I'd like to take this job and shove it because I don't want to work here no more. The only reason we're working is for the weekend, is to get to the time where I don't have to work. That's what's valued. That's what's important. That's what I'm shooting for. And it's a low view of work. It's not what God had in mind for us. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed in our culture, because this has permeated for so long, there is starting to be a conversation that's happening with people who are younger. Um, sometimes the millennials are tagged with this, but I, I hear it happening with lots of different people. They say something like this. I want to find a job that has purpose and meaning. Now, the, the reason they say that. I get it, because our work, the stuff that we do with a big part of our lives, we want it to have purpose and meaning. But here's the thing, I, I assume what they mean by that, and I could be wrong, but I'm, so I'm just giving you what I think is happening, is they're looking at jobs and say, I wanna do something that either helps somebody, maybe it helps the underprivileged, uh, maybe it serves somebody in a, uh, in a way, or it makes a social wrong right. There's some value that I'm doing to this work. But what they're ultimately saying is that there's a whole pile of work that gets done that's not honorable. That when, when you go and do that work, there's no value, there's no meaning, there's no purpose in that. And the loss is, oh, all of this stuff that I could have done is worthless. And there's a whole group of people who end up feeling like this is just outside of the bounds of finding any meaning and value. I believe it's a low a view of work that's got us there. Here's, here's the problem. Um, I started noticing something in the scriptures that I think changed everything for me. And uh, the, 
the thing is, it doesn't get posted as a big, there are a lot of signs that you could see. I don't know if you've been driving down the road and you've seen a men at work sign, uh, like this sort of thing, and you know, oh, hey, somebody's at work here, I probably should slow down. The state of New York, last month, I believe it's New York City actually, decided they would start making a different sign that said this, men and women at work, which is better than probably posting the other sign that says caution, no, oh, let's put that back up. No, go back, one more, perfect. Caution men at work, women work all the time, men have to put up signs when they work. I, I, I at least appreciate the men and women at work sign, but I find the whole thing ironic because every time I drive by one of those signs, half of the people look like they're on lunch break. Am I wrong, right? So I'm like, what's happening here? But one of the things that I think is happening that if we had a sign for it would be better for us, but we don't, is if we had a sign that was flashing God at work. Because here's the thing. See, I think we all kind of know that God did some work. And um, for many of us, we would, we would think back to the start of the scriptures where God is creating stuff. And we would, we would identify and, and see what he was doing there. And yet there's absolutely work that was being done. We'll look at that in just a second. But in the scriptures, in that same area where all of that happens, it references that God chooses to rest. After six days of work, he rested. And I used to think, that that was the way it was because God needed to set an example for us. God didn't need to rest. He doesn't need to renew. He doesn't need all of that kind of stuff. But I think it's just healthy. And God does what's healthy. He does what's right. And so he took time to rest and renew. But here's what's fascinating. The scriptures seem to indicate that God stopped resting and went back to work. And that if God Almighty, creator of the universe, finds value in work, then maybe there's something that we should be paying attention to. Maybe there's something that our lives could get and benefit from, from work, if God himself does it. Now, part of what God does is create. We told you about that. I want to show you. This is a little section of scripture where it actually talks about his creation being work. It's, this is in um, Psalm 19, verse 1. It said, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. This, this was work that God did. He was doing something that created value. And we would look back and say, well, it's very clear. God did all of that. And then he rested, and then he went back to work. But here's something that I think the church has missed. We have um, we've kind of accepted this low view of work that other people have because in the scriptures, God, um, as he throws people out of the garden, work becomes more hard, it becomes more difficult. Um, things that you have to till, things, uh, weeds and um, briars and all of that sort of stuff. But I want you to see this. I want you to see what God did in this creation process. So Genesis 2 records that God's creating all kinds of stuff, sky, animals, plants, all that kind of stuff is being created. And then he gets to a unique creation. He decides he's gonna create mankind. And so he gives us a soul. He gives us a will. 
He gives us the ability to remember we're unique. And then he does something way before sin ever shows up on the scene, way before even woman is on the scene, God does this. This is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Work was not some sort of weird punishment for sin. It was God's master plan all along that you would, that I would, that mankind would find value, meaning, and purpose in whatever work that you're doing at this point. That's his goal, that you would have this happen. Now listen, we don't know how long this lasted. Uh, we have a few clues as to the kind of work um, that Adam did during this time. Verse 20 gives us that. So uh, the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. So we see the word livestock. He's obviously caring for some sort of herd. So that's part of this. But we see that God is bringing him wild animals, livestock, birds, all this sort of stuff. And Adam is giving them names. He's giving them names. It becomes very clear that what, what happens here is that man gets invited into the creative process with God in a different way. God took nothing and made something. God gives us something and we make other things with it. We do that sort of stuff. But the scripture is very clear. Have you ever tried to name like the perfect name for something? You wrestled with naming a child, but have you worked with naming a, a product or trying to come up with a name for a business or an idea that you have and you wrestle with it and you wrestle with it and you're not sure how you're, if it's gonna be good or right and... Adam's getting invited into that process. And in fact, it's because of this kind of work that God says it's not good for Adam to be alone. He should have a helper. This work would require somebody to bounce ideas off of, that sort of thing. And so it goes on, and God moves from there to incorporate more. Now here's, here's the thing. This is what I believe. I, I, we're gonna talk about different aspects of this, but here's, here's one that I'm convinced of. I'm convinced that you are a creative being who was made by God to use your work to create. And the problem, the problem for us is when we hear that, we think of creative people, right? We think of creative people and almost immediately, whatever the, like, Dave singing or whatever we, we think, I can't do that. I don't have the skill. I don't have the aptitude to do that sort of thing. And what happens is we talk ourselves out of being um, a, a, a being that has the ability to act with creativity. I believe it's a lie that has ripped purpose and meaning and value out of the work that you do. God intended for you to do whatever it is that you do in a way that allows you to create. Listen, um, it, this gets said directly. This is, this is who we were created like. This is Genesis 1:27. So God created mankind in his own image. In his own image, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 
And yes, it's true that we were created in the image of God so we have character that's like him. We have emotions like God has emotions. We have a moral compass with a conscience that's given, for, given to us from God. But here's the other thing that we have. Our God works. And because our God works, our work is a gift from God that we can find ways to find purpose, meaning, and value in our lives. And it really doesn't matter what kind of work it is. Uh, that started to make sense to me uh, when I started to kind of untie it, this idea of creativity from just artistic stuff. Look, there's, there's artistic stuff that you'll see. And you'll go, man, I don't know that I can do that. You'll see dance or arts or music or that, that kind of stuff. And we've kind of put artistic things in this box of creativity. Um, I think God intended it to be bigger than that. Um, I, I want to show you something um, in Ephesians chapter 2. It really got me thinking. Uh, this is Paul talking about work. And I always thought I knew what this verse says. So let me just, I know what it says. I, I thought I knew what it meant. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That's who you are. You were made by God for this, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now what I thought when I read this section of scripture is that what I would go and find is that idea that idea of calling that is sometimes being used right now with, I want to find work that's purposeful, meaningful, that this is about serving, that this is about all kinds, it's not in there. It's not attached to that. What God had in mind was that you would do good through your work. Doesn't matter what it is. It's not defined in here as to what that would be. And so when God brings work to you, there's an opportunity that lies right there for you to do something that's creative, that uses your creative being in the process. So I thought what I would do is I would give you three different ways to think about this so that when you look at whatever work that you're doing, you might be able to understand, I still have the ability to be a creative being because you might look at the job that you currently have and think it's not possible. Or you might, you might honestly believe that the skills that you have, God has somehow withheld creativity from you. You would be the grand exception to the rule because you were all made in the image of God. And what God had in mind was that you would work and that you would join him in the creative process. So here's three things that I think you could do to join him there, okay? Here it is, one. You could explore and learn. You, you could take the role that you have, whatever it is that you do, and decide that you're going to get better. You see this exploration with Adam. God's bringing stuff to him, and he's trying to figure out what's going to be next. When was the last time you decided to push yourself to be better at what you did? Um, that might require you to go to some extra education. It might require you to do some reading. It might require you to do some different searching, but that's the whole point. Is it supposed to light you up? 
The creative process is about collecting a whole bunch of different things into the bag that you can then do something with. But if you've allowed your bag to become stale, if you haven't considered anything outside what you currently do because it's just drudgery, you're just putting in the time to get a paycheck, you're losing out. Because what God had in mind was that you would find a way to create. And you do that by gathering more information, by bringing more stuff into the pot that, that stretch you. Maybe it's not reading. There's a lot of people who don't like to read anymore. Then go listen to podcasts. But do something, right, that's putting you into a place where you're saying, how, how can I do this better? If you have a low view of work, there's no reason to do better at your job. Your only purpose is to survive it. Get to the end of the week, cash the check and move on. But you have a higher calling than that. There's purpose and value that you could find if you just decided, I'm gonna get better at this. The second thing that you could do is that you could understand that your role comes built in with things that you can do that help you design, create, and appreciate beauty. Every role does. Um, it's easier, once again, it's easier when you see something like this to go, oh, that's beautiful, right? Because you can see the design of this, you can see the effort that went into that, all of that sort of thing. And so it's easier for artistic stuff for us to identify the beauty. But here's what I'm convinced of. If you work with numbers, you're a mathematician, you're an accountant. If you put a spreadsheet together that works really well, you're gonna have people come to you and say, wow, that's pretty incredible. In fact, here's what happens. When you see something like this, what happens is, um, have you ever heard people say to you, I just, I don't know how you do this, I couldn't do that, right? Have you ever said that to somebody? I don't know how you do this, I couldn't do that. Here's what I believe. I believe somebody has said that to you about stuff that you do. I don't know how you do that. I couldn't do that. That is your creative space for you to do something that's unique and different. And if you're not paying attention to it, you could write off your ability to create. You could write off your ability to design. Listen, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you are creating a space for your kids. You're designing a way for them to grow up and be wise. If you're at school, you're writing papers that have the ability to communicate ideas and you're learning how to do that. All of these things are opportunities for you to create and design. And instead of leaning into that because we've had a low view of work, We've looked at it as drudgery, as something to escape and avoid. We've missed embracing these opportunities that God has given you to create and design and to do things that people admire when they say, I couldn't do that. I don't know how that you do. This third thing that you could do, I think it's maybe the most undersold. You have the ability to create an atmosphere and an environment wherever you're at. You, you, you can create the culture around you based on how you live. You might be a part of a big company that has a culture that you don't think um, is a great culture and you're, you feel like, I, I'm helpless against this. I can't change this. 
Don't change the whole culture. Change the part that you're in. You could be a loving, caring person in your department that people know you're safe to go to and talk with. You don't gossip like everybody else. I don't have to worry about you spreading stuff about me. You get to create an atmosphere. You get to do that in your homes. And sometimes this stuff doesn't happen because you haven't thought about it as work that you can do that's creative. It is. God's inviting you into the process because you're a creative being. And God has gifted you with this thing called work. And whatever it is, wherever it is you find yourself, there's an opportunity for you. But you're not gonna experience that if you have a low view of work. It takes a belief that what God's asked you to do is of value, has meaning, it has purpose. And if you're willing to step into it and be the creative being that he made you to be, you could experience incredible depths of meaning, value, and purpose in any role he puts you in. That's who you are. He would look at you and say, listen, go create. Join me. Let's do this. Let me pray with you. God, we've had these messages kind of bombarding our lives that really there's, there's only one type of work that's value. It's the kind of work that you do that you get paid for. And even that is miserable. Like it's the worst thing that could happen with your life. God, I ask that you would I ask that you would open up our eyes to see that there's value, meaning, and purpose in all the work that you've given us to do. That there's something helpful about stepping in as a creative being and acting in our nature. God, I think there's a lot of people who have just decided they, they didn't have that in their DNA. They didn't have that in their skill set, and they gave up on it. And yet there are people here who are business owners who get to create a culture. There are people here who work in a department with a group of people and they could create a culture. There's people here who could explore, who could stretch, who could challenge themselves to get better. And in so doing, stretch the bounds of where they're at right now. God, this is who we are. And I ask as you start reshaping this idea of what work means, that we'll start to embrace our work with a sense of excitement about what lies ahead of us and can be accomplished. Our work is a gift from you. May we embrace it with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.